can we skip to the good part? What is going on, guys? Welcome back into episode number two of season two of the Fanatic Film Review Podcast, a place where a film fan sits and talks about TV, movies, entertainment, all of that jazz. Welcome. I think this is the first time that we have done um, two straight weeks in like an eternity. Uh, the fact that I'm getting another episode out this month is feels like an absolute treasure. But uh, like I said, I'm trying to be more consistent, and here we are. I'm sitting down to give you guys another episode of the pod, and today, very excited because it is episode one, episode two of the season, but episode one of a brand new series that we are doing on the channel called, very plainly, Reviewing the MCU. Talked about this in last week's episode, talked about this in some updates. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do a deep dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and not just do a short little review form style kind of video. I want to have a discussion, a deep kind of discussion into the films, their greater impact, how they connect to the universe and the future that is being built around that universe. This is not necessarily a review series it's more of just a it's a retrospective kind of examination of the universe as a whole and we're going to go movie by movie and series as well and just sit here and do long form reviews slash conversations around each film in the marvel cinematic universe it's going to take time it's going to take maybe years because this is i'm not releasing an episode every week of this it's going to be staggered every other week um and there's a lot. There's a lot. So we're starting today with, of course, Iron Man, one of my favorite films in the MCU. And we're going to just sit, talk, and examine the first film in this universe. I also do want to say as well, it's not always just going to be me. I'm going to try to get guests. But like I said in my last episode that I talked about this, I'll probably wait till we get to some of the the newer ones because I'm not going to ask people to go back and watch a movie that they may not want to watch. But if I have some people that want to talk about specific MCU films, please hit me up. Uh, If you want to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy or Avengers Age of Ultron or the Avengers or any of those types of films, let me know and we'll set it up. The beautiful thing about this series is I can film any episode whenever I want. So it's very flexible. We're not going off of a specific calendar, which is really, really nice. But, um, that's kind of what we're doing today. We're talking about Iron Man. I'm gonna. I have my different points in my notebook that we're gonna get into and just discuss this film because I really enjoy this film. Is like one, it's a good movie. It's a, it's a really great movie, but but also the significance of what it does for the universe, the casting of RDJ, John Favreau really busting onto the scene. Like, there's a lot here that is significant, and then on top of that, it it kicks off the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So like, there's a lot to cover here and I'm very, very excited to to talk about it. Uh, if you are on YouTube, go down in the comments. Let me know what did you think of Iron Man? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Let me know why. If you are listening on the podcast feed, 
go over to Twitter or Instagram. They're in the descriptions of the of the episode. Let me know your thoughts on Iron Man. I would really I want to talk about it with you guys. This is this this series is a and it is a vessel for us to not just for me not to just talk about the films, but for us as a whole to sit and talk about the film. So please um, go down and let me know. I'm going to, uh, if you're watching, I'm going to turn this light on because it illuminates the nano gauntlet here on my set. But we're going to get into this. Uh, the first thing I want to do since this is the first episode is just kind of introduce people to the MCU as a whole. I know a lot of you watching know what the MCU is, but there may be some people that don't fully know what the MCU is. So basically the MCU, it's an acronym. It stands for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is created by Marvel Studios, which is now owned by Disney. Um, it has it has spanned now, I believe, over 25 films. There are five TV series that have been released on Disney Plus with Moon Knight premiering on March 30th um, and has become one of, if not the most successful film franchise, media franchise of all time. It held the record for highest grossing movie of all time for a few months with Avengers Endgame and then Avatar re-released and took it back, which I think still is kind of BS, but it is what it is, and has become a cultural phenomenon. I mean, I don't think I'm mincing words there, and I do not think I'm over-exaggerating when I say that the MCU has definitely become a cultural phenomenon. I mean, people flock in troves to go watch these movies. I mean, we had the pandemic start in 2020, which the day I'm recording this is actually the two-year anniversary of when everything really kind of kicked off, March 13th. Um, but, like, we had the pandemic happen, and Spider-Man No Way Home came out a little over almost two years later and was the first film to reach a billion dollars at the box office. I mean, that just is a testament to what the MCU is capable of. And again, I do not think I'm over-exaggerating when I say it is one of the biggest cultural phenomenons to happen in pop culture in in our generation, honestly. And I think the MCU is something that people can learn can learn from, and because because it's not just a bunch of superhero action and stories. There are really great human elements to these stories, and that's something I really want to examine throughout this series: is the human element, is the character arcs and story arcs, and what a perfect way to start to talk about Iron Man, who I think has the greatest character arc of anyone in the MCU, and we will of course cover that entire character arc by the time we reach Endgame later on in the series. But let's introduce you to Iron Man itself, released in 2008, the first film to like kick off the MCU, directed by Jon Favreau, starring Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Jeff Bridges. Um, it, it just was a success. I mean, it, it really was a, a great achievement for Marvel. And they kind of hedged all their bets on this because they were also developing the Incredible Hulk at the time. But if Iron Man had not succeeded and then in the Incredible Hulk, which we'll talk about in two weeks and I really don't enjoy, um, if, they, if they failed, this we would not be where we are today. And thankfully... Iron Man did not, also coming out in the same summer as The Dark Knight, but and competing 
with the Dark Knight, which is extremely, extremely impressive if you look at it. I mean, I don't want to, you know, over-exaggerate here saying that this is a monumental moment for just the history of Marvel. Not even Marvel Studios, but like Marvel, the comic book company. I mean, this is the, the, the moment that kicked off what is now the most successful film franchise and media franchise of all time. I think that there's a lot of really big consequences, good consequences that came from this film. Um, but hey, I think without further ado, let's just kind of get into the review. And I'm, I'm going to kind of, I got seven or eight points here, but I'm, I'm really going to kind of dive deep into each point and kind of how significant each point really is. Um, the first point that I really think is kind of the most important point um, is the casting of Robert Downey Jr. I don't think the MCU is where it is today without the casting of Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. I could never see anyone ever play play Tony Stark other than RDJ. And I know that there's rumors that Tom Cruise is going to come into Multiverse of Madness and play a, a variant of Tony Stark. And honestly, I'm not really on... I'm not on board with that. I, I don't. I don't know what to expect. I'm not really looking forward to it, and I'm kind of worried um, because originally Tom Cruise was going to be cast as, as Tony Stark and Iron Man, and who knows what would have happened? Um, would we be where we are? Maybe, but I. I kind of highly doubt it because I think Robert Downey Jr. is the perfect casting for that character, and it was significant not just for the MCU, but but for for Robert Downey Jr. himself. I mean. We all know his story. He was he he'd been in jail, dealt with drugs, alcohol, addiction, things of that nature, and you know, it was really at a low point in his life when he was given the opportunity to play Iron Man. And a lot of people doubted. They didn't think that he was good enough. They were like, Oh, this guy, why why are we making this guy a superhero? Um and those are really great questions to think about, you know, especially with the public image and and the the court of public opinion and you know, I think the fact that they gave him a chance, you know, I, I think people deserve second chances in some ways, shapes, and forms. Um, and I think Robert Downey Jr. Is, was given that second chance. And I think he took took it to the fullest and gave us probably one of the most beloved beloved movie characters of all time. I mean, I think when we look down the road decades from now, I think RDJ's Iron Man is going to be one of the most beloved characters of all time in movies and i think rightfully so because he's lovable he's sarcastic he's he's funny he's in incredibly layered and, and emotional and you know we look at at these films and, and 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 examine them a lot and we look at the jokes and 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 the the funny quips and and the, the bits and and the action and things of that but the thing i love so much about the marvel cinematic universe is is and like i said kind of in the introduction it's the human element it is the breaking down the layers of our heroes because these people have super abilities but they are far from super you know they are all human you know like like they're all human and i think that examining the 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 man that is tony stark not just the person like the suit is something that i think needed to happen it did happen and i think needed to happen very carefully, because if you are trying to start a film franchise and you want your main headlining character to be this person, you need 
to keep their story compelling. And just in the first movie alone, I think that it is. And I think that it really stems from not just the writing, but but the performance from Robert Downey Jr. And you see it in the performance. I mean, he's such a talented actor. And when we get to the later films, the Infinity Wars, the End Games, we we see those acting shops that had already been there before he was cast, but had progressed even more since he had been cast in the original Iron Man. You see those acting chops really come out, and you see the true connection and investment in the character. Robert Downey Jr. loved the character. He was incredibly invested, and you can see that. You can feel that, and that is something that I think needed to work. It needed to, to be the home run for us to buy in, for us to be invested in that character. If, if Robert Downey Jr. came in and half-assed the performance and he wasn't good, why would we have any reason to care about a character that you know, the actor doesn't give two craps? And I, I really think that that casting is significant. Um, and again, he's one of those few people that I don't ever see anyone ever playing the part of, of Tony Stark other than him. And that's saying something because in the first movie, we had someone get recast. We had, uh, I believe Terrence Howard is, is I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I got to look at the, uh, the letterbox to make sure I get the name right. Um, I'm almost positive it's, it's Terrence Howard and it is, we had Terrence Howard playing, uh, Rhodey and, and was then recast in Iron Man 2 uh, for Don Cheadle, which in the end I like Don Cheadle as War Machines, and we, we'll get more into that in Iron Man 2 when we when we talk about that film. Um, but that is interesting, you know, that we're talking about someone that you know I would I can never see that 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 character being recast. I think it's absolutely perfect too. Actually, having one of the characters in that movie be recast a few years later, which I think is pretty interesting. The performances overall are, are really good. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. of course leads leads the way and is ex- excellent as Tony Stark and shows that really deep, you know, emotional value. Um, but, but the cast across the board, it's, it's a really stacked cast if you look at it. Uh, you have Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane, who I think is an incredible villain. Comparing him to other villains nowadays in the MCU, I don't really know how much he holds up, but I think for the first film, it's absolutely perfect with Iron Monger. You know, it's just, how do we, you know, who do we make the villain? someone that is bigger and more powerful than the original. Um, and, and yes, that, that is kind of a cop-out at times, but for the first movie, I think it's incredibly effective and very, very well done. Um, like I already said, you have Terrence Howard, who, look, he was recast. I really like Don Cheadle as Rhodey, but there is no doubt that, that Terrence Howard is good in this film as Rhodey. And I am interested at kind of the what if. What if he had not been recast? What if he had stayed? And that is also a what if for Hulk, which we will talk about in the next episode of this series. Um, I think he was pretty good as well. I, you know, I, I, there's really nothing to complain about. It was fairly cut and dry, pretty, pretty good in, in general. Gwyneth Paltrow, I also really, really enjoy. I think that um, she is someone that it's weird because we don't get a lot of pepper pots throughout the MCU. And I've always kind of had a pro like a kind of felt a lack of emotion from her character, but we, we do get that emotion in, in, in Endgame. Um, but I think she is good in this film. And I, I think that this is probably her, 
her second best outing in the MCU behind Endgame. If I like, honestly, um, and again, like she's not in the movies that much, so it's kind of hard to figure out which is the best of, of her performances. But I think that this is some really great performance from her. I do. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, John Favreau as Happy Hogan. I think John Favreau, um, what he's done for the MCU, and and I have him later down on the list. I think what Favreau's done for the MCU is incredible. And I don't think people fully um, gleam on to that and really, really think about that. Everyone credits Kevin Feige, which of course, Kevin Feige is the godfather of this franchise. And in Kevin Feige, we trust and he is the mastermind. Yes, you will never hear me talk bad about Kevin Feige. He is fantastic. But... I think John Favreau had a huge role in the early years of the MCU, and for him to still now be appearing in these films, you know, appearing in Spider-Man: No Way Home, which just came out this past December, I mean, that that's a testament to how great he is. And now he's kind of like head of kind of live-action creative at, at at Lucasfilm and with Star Wars, and he's killing it over there as well. So, I mean, it's just absolutely great, so so good, and the performances overall, like I said, are just top-notch just so good in the end um the cgi is something that i i have to bring up and this is this is my third point because of how jarring it is so so like i said this series uh, is is me i'm i'm actively going back and rewatching the movies like when i do these episodes so like I, it's not me like i'm not talking about iron man and i haven't seen it in like three years so like i'm actively going back and rewatching these films as the series goes so that i have them fresh in my mind um i think i'd be doing a disservice to you guys if i had not done that so that's kind of what what we're doing here. Um, one of the things that really jumped out to me was the CGI. This this rewatch time around, because this movie came out in two thousand eight, and yes, CGI had been around, um, and it had been used really well, you know. But but like it was so jarring how absolutely perfect this movie looked with the 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 visual effects. I mean, just absolutely incredible. And I have to give all the credit into the world to all the people that worked on the visual effects. I mean, just top-notch stuff. And it gets better as you go in the MCU. And now, now a days, there is some spotty CGI. And I think we've gotten a little, I think, I think we've gotten a little kind of, you know, a little extra nitpicky at CGI now because that's all we get. Um, but I can respect what they did with Iron Man because it really is solid and just looks absolutely fantastic. So like I already said, the uh, I was going to talk about a point about Jon Favreau a little bit further down. Here it is. Um, I really like the direction. The film is shot extremely well. I think it flows extremely well. I think the pacing is really, really good. Um, and it the, the movie always gets me invested. You know, every time I go back into Iron Man, I'm like, oh... Here we go, watching Iron Man. I've already seen it. Oh, yeah, okay, here we go, watching it again. But then in the end, I'm always invested, and I always really enjoy it. I think it's in, it's incredibly well-directed. I think Favreau came with a vision. He executed it the way he wanted to, and in the end brought us a really extremely solid project that just began the most successful just franchise in all of media. Um, but, but really, I mean... I've already kind of stressed it a little bit, but I'll stress it again. I think the impact that Jon Favreau has had on the MCU cannot be understated. It is just so 
important to where we are today. And it all starts with Iron Man. It starts with his direction, you know, because then he went on to direct Iron Man 2. And while that movie's not great, I think that he's he's had a huge impact. And if he had not have come in, who who knows what would have happened? You know, I think that it's a very stylized movie and has a lot of really great shots and, and sequences and and compositions of the story and, and all of that. And I think that that's his vision that he brought because I believe he also wrote it as well, at least as part of a team. So just Favreau is just the man. I trust him with my life and just so damn good. The writing here, um, the next point, is incredibly clear and concise. And that's important because it is an origin story. I think what they were able to do is bottle up the origin very nice and tidy-like and really get you invested in the story without being too muddled. You know, they were able to make it easy enough to understand. And if it was a big convoluted mess, I don't think anyone would have been as invested. They would have said, this is too muddy. This is too much. There's too much going on here. It's a poorly written script, but the script is written extremely well, um, like like I said already with the story. But I think that the character arcs here are also very interesting. Um, and, and the biggest example is Tony. Uh, and that's kind of the, the whole point of, of this universe up until Endgame is, is it's Tony's story. Um, the franchise starts with Iron Man and the Infinity Saga ends with Endgame. And, you know, if you know where Tony ends in Endgame, I mean, it's his story. It is. And I think just in the first film alone, his story arc and his character development is so strong while not being too brash and too too convoluted and also without rushing it. There's plenty of moments in here for that we watch him evolve and, you know, it's just incredible what the writing is able to accomplish. I think that there's some really impactful lines that go all the way to Endgame. And I, I will mention that part of this series, I'm going to have a quote of the film where I, I have my favorite quote from the film. My favorite quote from this film is something that that really does you know, show how, how tied and how, how connected this universe really is. But it was already, you know, making those connections, uh, just at the beginning, you know, just brilliantly, brilliantly, brilliantly done. Um, the technical in general, I think is, is very strong. Um, the costume designs, I think that the suits look great. Um, We've already touched on the visual effects and the CGI. I think that's the strongest, strongest it's really has been. Honestly, I think it's it's like absolutely fantastic and set design, awesome and sound and editing. I mean, it really across the board is just an extremely solid project of a film. I mean, it is. I mean, there's really. I can't understate it enough how this film, while on a smaller budget, not tiny budget, but smaller budget, and, and it being the infancy of a what would now be a huge universe, they weren't able to do everything that they are now. 
They didn't have everything at their disposal that they have now under the, the big parent company of Disney. And for them to still pull off what they did is incredible. And again, that's not to say that they were like running an indie film here. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that, but like, were they getting a $325 million budget? I don't think so. And they were still, and they did a lot of stuff practically in this film as well. So I, I don't think um, that I am understating how important the technical is in this film specifically, because you need to make the film look authentic and look gritty and look real. And they did. And that is all testament to the fantastic people behind the scenes involved with the film. And the final point I want to make uh, is, again, kind of touching on the writing. This is the perfect origin story. I think that the origin of it is clear and concise, you know, getting us to the moment where he becomes Iron Man. And then we have the conflict at home and the in him shutting down the weapons business. And then we have the villain reveal of Obadiah Stane and all of that. And then we have the final battle and conflict and climax at the end. Like, I think it's all written very well and not so overly convoluted and, and, and clunky and giving you time to have good character moments. I mean, it, it's it's incredible what they were able to do. And it's one of my favorite movies in the MCU. I think that it's incredibly well written, acted, directed, technically done. Um, and it's, it's impressive. I think that's the biggest thing I can say is it is impressive. Because you look back on that film that came out in 2008 and see how amazing it still looks sounds works and it works as a film it works as a film and overall it's the start of what is now the marvel cinematic universe one of the most successful media franchises of all time and it would not have happened without iron man and that's all i really have to say now i will make this counterpoint though uh, it's not a perfect movie I will also add, but I will make this counterpoint. And this is, it works for this movie. We now have the cookie cutter Marvel origin story, which we have hit many a time and has been very evident within the last half decade, the cookie cutter Marvel origin. Um, and that kind of stems from this movie. It's, it's like Iron Man reskinned. Um, so there are negatives that come from it. But, again, that's not understating how important this film truly is for the entirety of the universe. Because in the end, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is good. And I think most people can agree with that. There are the haters, like the Scorseses and the Coppolas and the people of that nature, which can we stop asking those directors that we know obviously don't watch the Marvel movies what they think about Marvel? Like, can we just stop? What do we think they're going to say? They're all going to say the same thing. Why Why are we asking Scorsese on his press tour for his new movie about Marvel movies? I don't see the point. But that's, a, that's, a, that's an argument for another day. But, I mean, there are weaknesses and some of them come from this movie. But this is the, the, the movie that started it all. So you got to give the respect where the respect is due. The post credit scene, the last thing I'm going to end on... Um, Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson shows up, says, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. And my God, um, who would have thought now over a decade later, we would be sitting here 
with this universe that we have now, um, after one small, maybe minute-long post-credit scene, it just, my jaw drops at what they have been able to accomplish. It is incredible. I mean, again, like the MCU or not, you have to give it a bit of respect for what it's been able to accomplish. I mean, it's just incredible. It's just so damn good. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And it all started with Iron Man. And I am Iron Man. That is it uh, for the review. I'm going to give you my quote of the film. Uh, The quote comes from uh, Jensen, uh, who was in the cave with Iron Man at the beginning of the movie. He says, don't waste it. Don't waste your life. That is my favorite quote from the movie because of the significance it has in the future with Avengers Endgame and his overall arc. That was the turning point for Tony Stark, was that quote and the sacrifice from Jensen to save Tony. That that was the eye-opener for Tony, and that was the big catalyst of him changing into what he became in Avengers Endgame. So, Tony, do not waste it. Don't waste your life. Um, that is it. I gave Iron Man a 93 out of 100. I really, really adore this film. It's absolutely fantastic. Go down in the comments, like I already said, or hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. What did you think about Iron Man? How would you rate it? What do you like about it? Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. That is it for episode one of um, reviewing in the MCU, a mini series on the Fanatic Film Review podcast. Um, I will say for people that are listening, I would ask if you enjoy to please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, that helps get the podcast out to more people. Um, and leave a written review if you're on Apple. I've heard that that's kind of how the algorithm works. Like we get more written reviews, um, it'll get pushed out to more people. So please, um, if you are on like Apple Podcasts and you like the podcast, uh, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing. If you're on YouTube, thank you all so much for watching. Please leave a like, go down and comment what you think. And if you have not already, please consider subscribing. It really does mean the absolute world. Thank you all so much. I really do appreciate it. I'm very excited to continue this series, um, not next week, but the week after. Because next week we are going back to a regular fanatic film review where we're just talking about a film um, from the week before. Uh, But the week after that, we will be diving into The Incredible Hulk. Oh boy. Looking forward to that, but we got to do it. We got to be, we got to do it. We got to hit every single film. So we will be hitting Thor to the Dark World down the road. Um, but that is pretty much it, guys. I want to thank y'all so much for watching or listening. Have a rest of your day, and we'll see you in the next episode.